Hello, this is Keith James, writer and host of Gus Bibliowitz, Basketball Legend. If you like this show, you will love my new book, Greg Maxwell's Inferno, coming out August 10th, 2021, through Humorous Books in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Follow me or Humorous Books on Instagram or Twitter to get more updates on the book. I'll also be putting up Chapter 1 on this feed, so keep your eyes peeled, my little bad boys. And as always, like, subscribe, follow, and tell your friends. Hello, and welcome to Gus Bibliowitz, Basketball Legend. I am your narrator, host, author, uh, Keith James. Um, if you like this podcast, please like, subscribe, leave a five-star review, uh, and then come visit the website, keithjameswrites.com. All right, without further ado, here is episode four. Gus Biblowitz, basketball legend. I walk out of the sports arena, flush with cash and jewelry. I got time to kill before I meet up with Carmelo Anthony, so I head over to my favorite pawn shop in Ocean Beach. Ocean Beach is the last beach in Southern California that hasn't been completely run over by rich people. So it sucks. It smells like butthole and everyone is on a beach cruiser and there's dog shit all over the sidewalks. Between the vomiting and screaming, if you concentrate as hard as you can, you might be able to hear the ocean. I go there for my pawn shop. I can't tell you the name. By telling you it's in Ocean Beach, I've already told you too much. It's in an unmarked room inside an unmarked building, and I can't tell you any more. The guy who runs it is named Bruce Wilkinson. That's his real name. I don't see any harm in telling you that, but what do I know? My bird scooter craps out on me, so I gotta hump it the last few miles. My foot reeks. I panic. A smell that comes from inside of your body. No public shower can fix that. The gout is going to run up my leg and into every pore of my being. I try not to think about that, but the smell breaks my concentration. Suddenly, I remember where I am. Is this what guilt feels like? My stomach feels soggy and loose. I study the palm trees. I listen to the planes take off over my head thundering speed. My wives are buried close. I, the husband, must tend to them. My wives aren't buried in any straight stick cemetery. That's for bean counters and little league coaches. <laughs> My wives were royalty. I was their king. The dirt they occupy should match. 
where my first wife took herself out Courtney Love style. I got on the horn and made arrangements with a guy I met just off Sunset Avenue, the dividing line between Point Loma and Ocean Beach. He had a grow farm with the best cush San Diego had to offer. San Diego never made cars or invented the atom bomb, but we grow weed with the best of them. My first wife used to get high and wander on the basketball court. I felt this is where she belonged, with her plants. This guy, Eric Chico, was resistant to the idea. He didn't want a dead body in the grow house. He didn't want a dead body that hadn't been reported to any type of authority. But in my state of grief, I physically abused him. We're imperfect people. We made a casket out of a garbage bag and laid her to rest in the soil of her favorite batch. Lloyd Banks, Toe Jam Indica. It was a mitzvah. Her rotting flesh nurtured the plants and took the batches to a whole other level. Eric was calling me twice a day to see if I had any other wives that wanted to kill themselves. Eric was insensitive, but that's just business. Eventually, I moved on, found someone else, Angela. She was mean and ugly and ready to die. I thought you... I thought she was just playing coy, but looking back, she was... Fuck. I thought she was just playing coy, but looking back, she was just fed up on life. We got married in Barstow, and by the time we crossed into San Diego, she had penned out her final manifesto and was ready to call it curtains. No bow, no encore. Bought a musket from the San Diego History Museum. Choked on the barrel before she could even pull the trigger. The heart wants what it wants. I called Eric. Turns out, I got just the stuff you need, brother. I dropped Angela off, say a couple words... No gravestone for either of them. Just the plants. They'll grow and get picked. Maybe they'll get rooted out, but whatever plants get put in will feel the sweet nourishment from my clinically sad ex-wives. I move one block left to see them. I get sad when I see them. The grow house doesn't have any fun things like alcohol or an Xbox, so I just have to sit next to the plants and process my grief. I don't have a lot of grief, and that makes me more sad. What person will make me sad when they die? Me. That's the only person who will make me sad. Everyone else is, I don't know, fair game. I get to the house. No cars parked in front. Windows are boarded up. I use my godlike strength to rip off one of the window boards. The house is empty. Everything is gone except for a couple bags labeled evidence. I look for any signs of loose dirt, but there's nothing. My breath fogs up the glass. I stumble to the door. There's a piece of paper stapled to the center. Notice of federal seizure. Shit. This is what happens when you roll the dice and bury your wives in a grow house. Problems of the rich, I guess. I keep telling myself that I'm sad, but I can't help feel a huge burden lifted. How can I grieve if I don't even know where my wives are? Probably sitting on some counter at the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I'm never making it out there. Huh. Looks like I can move on. I make it to Bruce's. 
He keeps a pretty basic setup in his main room, just in case someone comes through the two unmarked doors and finds his setup. Watches, old war medals, boring shit that boring people buy. I'm in there all alone. Bruce doesn't need to guard the main room. Someone steals a purple heart, fine. If your life is so twisted that you need to pretend that you were injured in combat, take it. If you are able to find the horizontal elevator under one of the loose floorboards, that's where Bruce is. That's where the real shit is. A lot of NBA guys want to spend their money on chains and cars and schools for kids, but I'm not about that. I come to Bruce's. I never remember what floorboard the elevator is under, so I jump up and down all over the room. I'm 7'3 and over 350 pounds, so I'm destroying this place. Glass shattering. Fragile items falling from the shelves. This is the price of secrecy. I find it when I go straight through the floor and waist deep into a metal chute. This is a horizontal elevator, so you have to lay down on your back to press the numbers. The chute was not built for guys like me, so I do not fit all the way. I have to stick one leg out the door and allow the door to close on my leg. Then, I have to let my exposed leg drag across the metal frames and insulation for about 50 yards until we reach Bruce. The price of luxury. In my moment of excitement, I make a horrible mistake. I forget about my gout foot and let the door close on it. I feel the carbon fiber and the cold metal scrape and tear at my diseased limb. I scream and cry. I also get very thick in my penis and ball sack region. When the door finally opens, I pull back my mangled foot covered in yellow pus and diluted blood seeping through the tongue of my shoe. A distinguished entrance, Mr. Biblowitz, Bruce says. He's in a tuxedo. He claims it belonged to JFK Jr. and that he was wearing it when his plane crashed, but it doesn't add up. Life hardly does, he'd say. Whatever. He looks amazing. Bruce offers me a glass of champagne and leads me over to his little black desk. I drop the two tote bags on the table. The cash is mine. Tell me what I can get for the jewelry. Bruce seems impressed. My word. The salary cap really has gone up this year. And we were playing Sacramento. Imagine when we play someone good. He runs all the diamonds under a magnifying glass. I sip my champagne and look around the room. Michelle Obama's wedding ring. The second pair of gloves O.J.'s friend was wearing during the murder. The horse from War Horse. Rumor Willis. I would need to be sold and sold hard if I was going to walk away with any of this shit. I feel let down. The room was kind of empty. Was Bruce slipping? Am I going to have to use the dark web like all the other Joe Schmoes? Bruce looks up. I see about 3.8 million here. Fine. Not great. But if I'm being honest, if I wanted all this shit, I wouldn't pay 3.8 altogether. I wouldn't even pay three. Bruce is smiling. You want none of this. This is for tourists. I ask him where all the other stuff was. I only have one other thing. It took me months to track down. 
Honestly, I started to think it wasn't real. I've been saving it for you, Mr. Bibblewitz. I feel my stomach dance. Bruce knows how to do this shit. I swear to God. There are times I want to lean a little bit closer and see how his lips taste. But I mean, I don't. Bruce and I have something that I don't want to ruin with my sexuality. In the way that you don't hang out with your drug dealer, you don't fuck your black market guy. Show me, I say. I can't show you here. If you don't mind, Bruce puts a pillow sheet into my hand and motions for me to put it on over my head. I do, quickly. He guides me to some bench and gets me laying down on it. I secretly hope he grabs my nipples and waterboards me, but he doesn't. I hear him kick something under the bench. He can wheel the bench now. He wheels me in a direction somewhere. I'm terrified and trusting. This is what love feels like, isn't it? I'm such a girl. I'm being wheeled for a couple of minutes when I start to feel cold. Very cold. A very soft, low thumping is hitting the walls. I want to say something. It's better if you are silent, Bruce says. I don't speak. He lifts the pillowcase off my face. The room is deep blue and cold as fuck. I look up and I can't figure out where the ceiling is. It goes forever. There's a cylinder centerpiece in the middle of the circular room. Something gold linked to a chain is resting on it. I'm disappointed. I'm in here for jewelry. I sound like a disappointed wife. Bruce is quick to scold. What did I say about speaking? I stop talking. I hear the thumping again. Now, Bruce walks towards the centerpiece. I would only bring you into this room if I had something of great import. Mr. Biblowitz, would you consider yourself a San Diego legend? Of course. Bruce smiles. Would you consider yourself a legend with peers? I have to think hard about this. Like, if I was being generous, I'd say the two Tonys. Ah, very modest. Mr. Hawk and Mr. Gwynn. Very modest indeed. Bruce's hands are real soft and gentle. They're hovering over the centerpiece. But his eyes are wide and fucking magical. Would you say that you are a legend, but other legends surpass you? I don't have to think very hard. My throat gets stiff. I can only think of one, I say. He holds the jewelry up. The thumping gets louder. I can't help but gasp. Is that? I can barely make words. Bruce nods. The heart of Can Caminetti, bronzed with a printed gold finish. 
How does it... Wiring through the necklace and woven through the four chambers of the heart. Paradox in nature. The heart requires electricity, yet also provides it. How can something be the provider of something it is without? I immediately know the answer. A whole lot of cocaine. Bruce smiles. A man of science? Absolutely correct. Jesus Christ, holy shit, throw battery acid on my fucking face. Ken Caminetti, third baseman for the 1990s Padres. The few good years. The fucking goat for steroids and drugs in San Diego. Maybe all of professional sports. Even though Ken and I were in our cocaine primes around the same time, he was miles ahead of me. I was too afraid to speak to the guy. What a fucking horse. I watched him pick up Charles Oakley with one hand and spank him with the other. He did the same thing to McCully Culkin, which is not as impressive and technically child abuse. But, oh fuck, no one could hang with Ken. I feel ashamed and embarrassed that I only brought 3.8 mil. That's not enough to get slapped in the face by Ken Caminetti. Gus, I'd like you to have this. And I'd like you to keep your money. We look into each other's eyes. This was it. I was about to suck Bruce Wilkinson's dick to the rhythm of Ken Caminetti's heartbeat. We're all children born with dreams. Some get to experience their dreams in this life. Some do not. I was about to experience mine. When you die... I would like to claim ownership of your corpse. Ooh, I misread the situation. Very painful. But what if I die in, like, Thailand? How will you know? <laughs> that is not something to be concerned about. Live your life without considering our arrangement. In fact, the more authentically you live your life, the more your body will be worth to me. Wherever you fall, I will come collect the remains. What are you going to do with them? I ask. Well, don't you think another legend will come that will want to claim the heart of Gus Biblowitz? I shrug. Honestly, I don't have to think about all this very hard. The benefit of being a social pariah and emotionally abusive to loved ones is that when you die, they won't care about your body. Fine, fuck it, I say. I sign some papers and do a vow, and I walk out with Ken Caminetti's heart on my fucking chest. By the time I step outside, Ocean Beach is shut down except for a few drunk people locked out of their houses. In the distance, I smell brisket and unwashed genitals. I look at the moon and where it is in the sky. 1.45 a.m., I guess. I grab the strongest-looking bird scooter I could find and point it towards Pacers. I feel Ken's heart beating against mine. It gives me rhythm, purpose. I know tonight is going to be a pivotal moment for the San Diego Supersonics. Let's see if Carmelo Anthony still has what it takes to be an NBA player. That was episode four of Gus Biblowitz, Basketball Legend. 
If you liked it, please subscribe. Leave a five-star review with some, some sweet words of your own. And then come visit us on KeithJamesWrites.com. You can also find me on Facebook, uh, Twitter, at SweetPuppy42, Instagram, Keith James, the E's are threes. And that's it. Have a great day. And uh, see you next Monday for episode five of Gus Biblowitz, Basketball Legend.